Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Today we have a crazy revenge story of putting someone's mother in an asylum. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, my first love, Helen. They say you never forget your first love, mainly because of the fact that they're the first love of your life and all. But mine was not this, or such was not the case for me. I'd always known that the legal system has never been in favor of the men in cases of divorce. But this time, I guess you could say that something has at least changed. I've been married to my wife Helen for the past seven years. And over the course of our marriage, there are a lot of things I've gotten to realize. Right up until the end of our marriage about a year ago, my name is Alex, the first son of my father and the current head of my family. I've been the only child of my parents for as far back as I can remember, but all of these changed when they both decided they wanted to try again for another child as my mother kept on clamoring, pestering, and dragging my father for another child. For she had always preferred a female child and I was the only child she had gotten from him in the past few years. Finally, my mother got her wishes and prayers answered, for it didn't take too much time for her to realize that she was already pregnant. It was indeed great news for our family, as this was the one thing my mother had been praying for for quite a while. The time spent during her pregnancy soon flew past us like the wind, as before we knew it, close to six months had gone by. But I guess the only person that truly noticed the time lapse between when we first found out about mother's pregnancy and six months into the pregnancy was my father, as he was the one that shouldered the responsibility of taking full care of my mother the entire time. One would think that this was my mother's first birth, mainly because of how my dad just could not help but overpamper her and cater for her every need, making sure that she doesn't need to do anything during this time. My mom and dad had already agreed beforehand not to know the sex of the baby until the day they would meet the baby. The day soon came, as three months also came and went like the passing wind. I can remember the day my little sister was born. It was a Tuesday. My dad had to rush my mom down to the hospital. When he saw that her water had broken, my dad took me along, as there was nobody that could stay with me back at home if he were to leave me behind, and if he had done so, there was every possibility that he wasn't going to be back home that very day. Anyways, this was my first experience with hospitals. I wasn't comfortable with the entire environment, but I had to bear with it, as this was the birth of my little sibling at the time, and I couldn't miss it for anything at all in the world. My younger sister came into this world at 11.31 that very day, which was on the 21st of November. After my sister had been born, I don't know why I was feeling this way, but I just felt this overwhelming surge of emotions. She felt so small and defenseless that I had no other option than to try to protect her to the best of my abilities. I guess you could call this the instinctive big brother feeling or sense of responsibility, and I can most definitely assure you that this feeling did not fade or go away, even in the slightest, even after she'd grown up a bit. There were even some moments when she was about three years, and both my parents had important meetings to attend to outside the state, and they could just not leave the both of us alone in the house for that long a time, all while leaving on their trip and so they decided to hire a babysitter to take care of us for the main time while they were gone, and also a house sitter to take care of the house too. 
I had no knowledge of this at the time, right up until the very day before they were planning on leaving. When I asked them when they were planning on leaving, and when they had planned on coming back, they just told me not to worry as they'd already made preparations as to our care while they were gone. And when they said that they were going to hire both a babysitter and a caretaker for the house, I just openly suggested that they leave the care of my sister to me, as I felt I was capable enough to take care of myself alongside my sister. I made sure to assure both my parents that I was capable enough to take care of myself before taking care of my sister. This wasn't too hard, seeing as I was already way past the legal age of an adult and also old enough to assume responsibility. I tried to convince my parents the best way I could in order for me to be able to show them how responsible I can be for the future. After much convincing, they finally agreed to let me babysit my sister while they were gone, in and on the condition that my grandmother Helen would occasionally visit and check up on us in their absence. I immediately agreed to this as I was ready to agree to any of their terms. To cut the long story short, I was put in charge of my little sister for the entire period my parents left the house, and as agreed, my grandmother Helen occasionally visited from time to time all just to keep us company and check up on us for my parents and all. Before we knew it, the span or period of time that they had initially planned to leave for had gone by in a flash, and soon after the pre-agreed upon date of return came and they came back home. What I wanted to bring out of this little side story of mine was the fact that I already have a little sister of my own, and I would do next to anything to protect and take care of her, even in the absence of both my parents. Now, this would bring us to the main aspect or focus of my story, which is the story of myself and now ex-wife Helen. And yes, I know what you might be thinking now. Yeah, my now ex-wife has the exact same name as my grandmother, and yes, that was one of the things about Helen that intrigued and caught my attention when I first met her. Helen's and my story go way back to when we first met each other back in high school. Helen was the leader of the school's debate team and myself, on the other hand, was just a member of the school's debate team. I really wasn't interested in any extracurricular activity the school had to offer, but it was a compulsory activity that each and every student must partake in in order to complete the required amount of credits and merits required to graduate. I just picked the debate team, because we were promised that we weren't going to be forced to do what we didn't want to do, and that they were just looking for students to fill up the total count of students required to keep a club active in the school. My friends and I went along with them and registered on the debate club, and we would occasionally go for meetings, but we would just stay in the back of the classroom since we had no intentions of being active in the group. However, one very day, something interesting happened that really caught my eye. So ever since we had registered for the school's debate team, we had apparently never seen the club's leader, or president, until the day the team was preparing for an inter-school competition in our region and the leader of the debate team had to be present. So as to organize the entire affairs of the team and prepare them, ahead of the upcoming competition and all, this proved to be quite an issue at the time, mainly because the debate team, which originally did not have enough members to keep them active in the eyes of the school, were a member short, and if they were not able to meet the number count, they had to drop out of the registration process. I overheard them discuss this while I was present in one of their meetings, and I had initially planned not to interfere, as I wasn't even interested in anything they were doing in the club, but the moment I saw her, the leader and the president of the club, Helen, I was awestruck. I just stood there as I stared at her. She was truly the embodiment of beauty itself. 
I could not believe that there was someone as beautiful as her in all my time in that school. I do not even know what got in my head, but at that very moment, I had all the motivation in the world to work. And then, I just blurted out that I could fill in the empty slot that was available. The moment I said this, every single member of the team just turned over and looked at me. They were shocked by what I just said. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. But Helen was in even more awe than the rest of her team, because apparently she had already had a preconceived idea of who I was, and my role as just a fill-in among the members of the club. She took me aside, as she asked me a series of questions, all educational-based, and then she began questioning me, so as to know whether or not I had the experience and the qualifications to do this. As I was answering all of her questions, I was just staring straight into her eyes because she had the most beautiful set of eyes. Hers had a light blue hue, almost royal blue, and then she was just the perfect height. She spoke beautifully and lastly, she was the right amount of intelligent. Talking to her felt like a dream, one that I didn't want to end. But before I knew it, she had signaled to me trying to tell me that she was done with the questions and that she thought I was ready to join the team. But she would like to drill me a bit so I can get a better understanding of how they operated on the team. I just went with whatever it was that she had in mind. Long story short, she organized an after-school tutorial at her place for every member of the team. And after about a month of practicing and preparations, the D-Day for the competition came. And to our school's greatest surprise, we placed first runner-up in the entire competition. After winning our regionals and proceeding to the state's championship, and then to the finals. This was like a dream come true for Helen, and seeing her so joyous really made me feel good and proud of myself. Throughout the entire time of the championship, Helen and myself got really close. So close, in fact, that we were almost intimate with each other the day we traveled for the finals. But as things got heated, she stopped me, saying that she really wanted to focus on the finals, as she thought I would be a distraction at the time and all. I felt down and I guess she noticed this. Then she tried to cheer me up by saying, when we were done with the tournament, she would say yes to any question I had to ask her. I knew that this was her way of indirectly asking me when I had planned to ask her to be my girlfriend, that her answer would be yes. That was the mutual agreement we both came to, and this would not be affected by the outcome of our tournament. Although we were all down because we placed second in the entire country. Knowing that you got silver when you could have gotten gold is a very painful experience. Anyways, after the tournament, Helen and I finally became official. 
and although we went through some rough patches, we were each other's perfect match. At some point, people soon began considering and saying things about how we wouldn't last as a couple, but I guess we made them eat their words at our wedding a few years after we had graduated from college. Now here is where things start to get really interesting. Right after we were married, for about the next three years, we were really living the married life. As young adults, we initially had not planned to have any kids, as we were planning on enjoying our lives to the fullest and doing things we had always wanted to do, seeing as the both of us were already producing steady incomes for ourselves. And even if we wanted to retire, we had more than enough in both our separate and joint savings. And also our families were there for us too. And so about four years into our marriage, we decided to take a break from everything and everybody and then we just went on vacations. Vacations that ranged from beaches around the world to just notable and tourist-friendly places in the world. In our fifth year of marriage, we finally decided to come back home, settle down, and finally have a family of our own, as Helen had told me that she was ready for one now. Right before our sixth year anniversary as husband and wife, and about nine years of being couples, we found out that she was pregnant and we were expecting a baby girl. This was really good news for the both of us, and also for our families, and this was the turning point of our relationship, I guess, because at this point, she absolutely changed. It was around this time that my sister had decided to visit me, after having some issues in school, and I, without hesitation, welcomed her into my house, as she needed a place to stay, and there was no way I would be alive and available, and my sister would be out there in need of assistance, and as I invited my sister in, Helen had a problem with it, as she tried to go against the fact that I brought my sister into the house without her consent and knowledge. I thought this was odd of her, seeing as she was my immediate and only younger sister and all. She tried to go against my decision by saying she didn't want her in the house, and I told her that I could not let my sister stay elsewhere when we had some free rooms available in the house. She tried to send her away, but I forbade her from doing so. And this was where our very first and last dispute arose from. When I told her that she had no right to send my sister away and that I was sorry I didn't tell her earlier on that she was coming, because this was an emergency and all, she just went silent and didn't say another word. Things had gotten so heated between the both of us that I had to leave her for the evening. And then what happened the next morning really shocked me. As I was ready to apologize and compromise, I found out that she had left the house out of annoyance and she had booked a flight out of the country. She said she didn't want to have anything to do with me again as I'd already made my decision by choosing my sister's side and undermining her view. Also, she took all the money we had in both our joint accounts and she left me with basically nothing. I didn't even know how to feel at the time. I was surprised she could do something like this, but I was even more surprised that she took everything we both had and left, taking my unborn 8 month old baby girl. I was broken for the next 3 weeks, as I didn't need anything at all for days, only until when my sister forced me to, and after a while, she came with good news that she had found a lawyer to help us out with my case. I was reluctant at first, until I saw a letter from Helen filing for divorce and requesting for more than half of everything I had left, she was basically determined to take everything I owned. This is where I knew there was no going back again. I spoke with a lawyer my sister introduced me to and we also filed our case. After giving him the entire details of our case and how she left with next to everything we both owned, my lawyer told me not to worry, 
as he handled cases like this and this was really a minor one. I just sat back and watched him work his magic. After endless court sessions, apparently the court ruled in her favor of divorce in her case and we were officially divorced, but seeing as she had more assets than I did, she was the one charged with remitting half to me. And as for my case, the court ruled that she was to reimburse me back the entire money she took from the joint accounts. And she was to serve about a year and a half of jail time, which was after she had given birth to my baby girl. And she was also to hand over the baby to me right after birth, as the court had judged that she would not be the perfect person to be in charge of handling the baby. While court passed its final verdict, although I still loved her, the look she had in her eyes meant that I'd gotten back at her for what she had done to me, and I was glad. Now, I don't know where in the world this takes place, but I don't think there would ever be a situation in a divorce case where they would just go to jail for a year and a half, or like, at all. I mean, I don't know, maybe I just don't understand how illegal it was for them to take all the joint account money and try to get away with it, but man, that outcome hit me like a sack of bricks. That said, our next story is Putting My Mother in an Asylum. I feel like the title of this thread looks like a massive red flag, but I can explain myself. That is the aim of this tale I'm about to tell anyway. The entire thread is basically about people who have had toxic relationships with their parents and families and found a way to overcome it or make things okay again. I wish that I could say the same was the case for me and now that I think about it, there were better ways to go about the entire situation, more healthy ways, but maybe I should let you all decide that. I'll start this story from the very beginning with my mother's own story so you can see the full extent of what I was dealing with and what she dealt with as well. My mother was a twin and they were born to -to well-to-do parents. According to her, their family life was great until she turned 10 and her father got promoted at work. His new boss was a woman who took a liking to him and kept him back in the wee hours of the night instead of letting him go back to his family. Because he didn't understand what to do at the time, he didn't bother telling his wife and resentment started to build between them. He tried a lot to overcompensate with really expensive gifts for her and his kids, vacations and opportunities in the highest of places, but it just looked more to my grandmother like he was trying to make up for his cheating ways. Anyways, my mother and her twin brother didn't really notice things until they turned 15 and their mother filed for divorce. It was very rocky as my grandfather didn't want to get a divorce, but his wife refused to listen to him. She moved back in with the kids to her parents' home until the divorce was finalized. During this time, she turned to drinks and drugs, as expected of a housewife in the 60s and 70s, and neglected her children. Because when she wasn't too intoxicated to open her eyes, she was hard at work because of a perpetual fear of not being able to afford the things she formerly could. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's important to note that my grandfather had no plans of doing anything of the sort. He was said to be extremely devastated with the way things were turning out and wanted nothing but the utmost comfort for his soon-to-be ex-wife and children. At this point, my mother and her twin brother were starting to understand what was going on. 
They were protected kids all their lives, so most of their priorities were different. When they tried to inquire about why their former housewife mother was now always unavailable and working, in her panic, she projected her feelings and fears onto her children, and they started to despise their father as the days went on. When I heard the tale, I too thought it was a case of miscommunication gone terribly wrong, but what could I do? The concept of me had not even began to be actualized. For a year or two after the divorce, my mother and her brother were kept away from their father and told that they didn't want to see them or speak to them as he was too busy with his new family, so some anger was built up. At this time, my mother and her brother were 17 and they had just finished high school. Instead of going off to their Ivy League colleges, they took a long gap year to find themselves. In reality, they just found vices that had a stronghold on them for years after. My uncle eventually decided that life wasn't for him and dipped from the user lifestyle, especially since their parents reunited and told them both of their sides of the story. My mother decided that her father was lying and swore to avenge her mother. I'm unsure of how studying psychology in college and then finding ways to break yourself mentally was a good idea, but it was to her. I can't really question my mother's decisions because I believe to each his own. But in retrospect, doesn't having a bad childhood mean you're supposed to want more for your own offspring and not want them to repeat certain patterns you went through? Or maybe not just have? Being reasonable to myself, I won't call my mother's upbringing terrible. I mean, logically, drama between parents often causes trauma in children. But my mother's cause wasn't nearly as bad as she made it seem. Her brother went through everything right beside her, and until their mother started directly involving them in the drama. While I understand the general upset it could cause, I think my mother just wanted to ruin her life and have somebody to push the blame onto. Of all the decent people she knew and was friends with, my mother decided that it was best to get married and have children with a drug dealer. This was already a relationship set up to fail as they had a dependency on drugs and each other. Thankfully, she was smart enough to not do drugs through her pregnancy until she had my twin sister and me. My twin sister, let's call her Maisie, is younger than me by six minutes, but we never really acknowledge that. We're twins and act as such, with nobody trying to be younger or older. It's a great dynamic, and we see eye to eye a lot more. But this isn't a story about my twin sisters and I's great, almost flawless relationship, but it's about how both of our parents attempted and failed to ruin our lives, and we got revenge on them. Pretty early on in childhood, my sister and I knew what we were in for. I don't know how, but one day as toddlers, we sat down and decided that we would have each other's backs, because our parents didn't have ours. Our mother was too busy fighting with her husband, day in and day out about the most pointless things, and we had to figure out how to do simple things like make simple recipes and shower and clothe ourselves. We were five. It wasn't that hard to learn to fry eggs, make toast, and do some smaller things. Thankfully, we had machines, pots, and pans. A year later, my sister snooped around, found our grandparents' numbers, and went to the phone booth to call them. I was on lookout duty. After the call, she told me that she had given them our address. We lived in a completely different state, but our grandparents were around for dinner. Thankfully, they didn't mention anything to our parents and just told them that they'd been looking for her, our mom, and us. They saw the mess of a shack we lived in and wanted to take us away, but our parents started to get angry and asked them to leave. Eventually, it ended with a settlement between both parties. 
Our parents would get to keep us, but we had to go to school and let them send gifts regularly to us. Our grandparents took us for the rest of the weekend, and we had the most fun we had ever had in our lives. When they were leaving, we had a much better place to live in, new clothes, the promise of attending school, bank accounts, these we had no idea about, and money in our hands that we hid from our parents. Things didn't magically get better, I'll be honest. Our parents went right back to using, but my sister and I already knew how to raise ourselves. We didn't need help. Thankfully, we were smart kids who did really well at school, that we were moved up two classes. We knew how to behave ourselves to not get our parents called into school, and if we really needed someone, there was a sweet neighbor lady who took care of us when our parents went on long benders. She would show up as our grandmother. When my sister turned 12, she got assaulted during one of our parents' parties. Since our grandparents got the house, they had started bringing some of their parties to us. At first, we were allowed to leave to the sweet neighbor lady's place, but as we grew, our father insisted that Maisie stay around to help clean up. Of course, I never left her alone. Until that moment, because their party ran a little later than usual, and I had to run to the grocery store for dinner before it was over. I insisted we went together, but our parents talked about needing one of us to stay back and clean after their guests. I also wanted to stay and help, but I knew that she wouldn't finish in time. Heck, I still came back and saw her cleaning, but her countenance had changed. My sister, who told me everything that went on in her head, didn't want to speak to me. I immediately knew something was wrong, but we had too much work to do. Even our parents acted weird and ended their party on a much lower note than they usually did. They had gone to bed when I pulled Maisie aside and bugged her to tell me. It was then that she had told me that she'd been assaulted by a friend of our parents, and although our father walked in, he pretended not to see and let it happen. I was livid. At 12, we were in middle school and had started doing sex education. We were at least two years younger than everyone else in the class, but it didn't really matter because we were quiet and the school was massive. Too much was going on for us to be noticed. I also knew that my sister needed medical attention, so we went to the sweet old lady and she took us, the very next day, to a special hospital for assault patients. Thankfully, my sister's checkup went well and she was given drugs to help too. From that day, I was so mad at my parents and somehow, I started seeing that they were deadbeat. I was livid because I didn't know much about familial relationships and how they were meant to be, but I knew that it wasn't supposed to be this way. I lived in an area with mostly immigrants and separated families. I had seen situations much worse than mine, but my parents were a special kind of evil. Even after the incident, they didn't ask my sister how she was doing, offer to take her to a hospital or anything. They just kept him around and continued to throw their drug parties. 12-year-old me had every intention to end my father, but my sister promised me that we were going to be out in less than five years, and she was right. We were still in constant communication with our grandparents, and they assured us that right after high school, they would cater to our college education and help set us up if we wanted that. Of course, we did want that and we agreed, so we continued working towards that. If I had done the crime and gone to juvie, I would never have seen the greener pastures ahead of me. Maisie and I graduated high school at 16, and our grandparents were supposed to come pick us up later that week. We were excited and had started packing but our parents called us for a family meeting. I didn't want to, but Maisie was insistent on keeping the peace, so we kept our mouths shut and attended. 
Genuinely, I thought these people had seen the error of their ways after so long and decided to do better by us. If not for themselves, for us. We really did think that was it. Until we sat down and they opened their mouths, they spoke about taking care of us for 16 years and not complaining about it. But now they needed us to return the favor and take care of them. I was confused and wanted to ask so many questions, but they just kept talking. Well, my father did. He spoke about not having any money to send me to college, but he had a friend who worked at the community college as a janitor and could get me in. If I worked there long enough, I could raise enough money. As for my sister, she was to stay back and get married to none other than the son of the man who assaulted her all those years ago. That was where I ended the conversation. What pissed me off wasn't the mention of anything else. I was just angry about the fact that they had basically just confirmed that not only did they know about their daughter's abuser, they were also in cahoots with him enough to talk about marriage. I'm not ashamed to say I punched my father square in the face, knocking all his words and a tooth out of his mouth. Before anybody could say anything, I just started hitting him, only stopping when my sister pulled me off and out of the house. I don't know how much damage I did, partly because we never saw him after that day. But Maisie tells me there was blood everywhere and she could swear he lost a couple more teeth. The next day, our grandparents appeared and whisked us away to their own home where they made sure we were fine, taking us to the hospital for multiple routine checkups and a few other things. They let us be for a few weeks before suggesting that we see therapists. I thought I was fine and my sister did too, but therapy was a lot of work. I found myself feeling things I couldn't even explain crying and even sometimes throwing up. After the first few evaluations, our grandparents suggested that my sister and I stay out of school for a bit and find other ways to socialize. Maybe get small jobs that weren't too much work and figure out how to work with those. We had to push back college for a year and do as our grandparents asked, and it was a lot of work but I could see how much better I felt. Our grandparents even told the truth about why they believed our mom was the way she was from each of their own points of view. But I couldn't blame them too much. My mother was in charge of her life and most of the time, our father's. She was bossy and controlling and not in a good way. The more people tried making me see reason, the more I felt upset and wanted revenge on my parents. Not even for me, but for the things they made my sister go through knowingly. At 18, with the blessing of our grandparents, we filed for emancipation from our parents, as well as taking both of them to court for conspiring with their friend to assault their daughter. It was a little long and very messy, and many times I felt like the worst brother on earth for making my sister relive the trauma of our childhood, and I couldn't apologize enough, but she promised me it was okay and she was fine with bringing our parents to justice. They had put us through too much to go scot-free. Our father got 30 years in total for child neglect, drug trafficking, and conspiring to assault a minor. Our mother? Well, her offenses were much more, but somehow she was able to plead mental instability and get taken to a rehabilitation center. It seemed like a good settlement, but I wasn't satisfied. She would be there for a while and then get out on good behavior and begin to live a much better life? She deserved to be hurt the way she hurt us, and I would make sure of it. For the first time in my life, I kept my plans away from my sister and went to find out about the rehab she was in. It was a really good one in the countryside because the grass and smell of horses was good for the inhabitants. 
Among the staff, I found a very sketchy guy that happened to be someone my parents knew. He was an addict who had been helped at the very same rehab and decided to work there too. But he was still butthurt over a few things, like the fact that my parents were the ones who made him get busted for drugs because they owed him $10,000 and he asked for it back. We bonded over the hate for my parents, particularly my mother, and he promised to make her pay now that she was in his indirect care. I know this is bad and unethical, but I also paid some money to him to make sure that whatever he did got her taken to an asylum somewhere tougher. His name was along the lines of Daryl, and he did a better job than I expected. I don't know exactly what he did, but my mother was supposed to be in there for about 12 weeks. By week 7, she was moved to a higher defense, stricter rehab, and when that didn't work after a month, she was declared clinically insane and sent to a top asylum in the middle of nowhere. I was already in my second year of college by now and doing exceptionally well. Knowing that the woman who ruined her life and nearly ruined mine was finally where she deserved to be. I eventually told my sister, and while she wasn't happy with me, she understood why I did it. I'm in a great place with my sister, uncle, and grandparents now, and it was a long time coming, but I finally have the family I feel like I deserved. I'm just gonna refrain from judgment on OP and what they did to their own mom. I mean, it's just so much more complicated than I think I can even really comprehend. I would just say thank God for their grandparents being such loving and caring people and giving them that lifeline to actually have the life that they deserve to lead. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.